What may be before us, we do not know, nor how long the journey. It's the past. And here's another marvel. A consignment of eggs from a famous poultry farm in England is flown by airmail to Sydney and kept fresh and fertile all the way by a new secret process. The records. And the Regent Street jeweller has become the setting for an exhibition of the work of Karl Fabergé, that great craftsman of Tsarist Russia. The reviews. Serene white leg and hen equaled the world's record by laying 357 eggs in 365 days. Here she goes into her palatial hen house for the epical feat, which requires absolute privacy. Группа делегатов выразила желание побывать на Томилинской птице фабрике. Участницы сельскохозяйственной the history. This, mes is the exhibition of the Electricité de France. But in France, electricity does strange things. You see before you a tray, just an ordinary tray. Voila, it floats in the air. It's a podcast. Years ago, a knife, fork, and spoon were almost to the sole implements of culinary torture. Today, gadgets are as numerous as the variety of dishes. You all know the egg slicer, very handy instrument that can slice an egg with mathematical precision, if you have an egg. P-R-R-P. Past records were counted plainly. Urban Dictionary defines review as a critical evaluation as of a book or play, a retrospective view or survey as of one's life or an ego booster slash deflator for aspiring writers on fanfiction.net and other fanfiction websites. Often said writers will beg on hands and knees for reviews and stoop to bribery for reviews. But a review is more than that, isn't it? Breaking it down etymologically, review means to review, regarding view, or to view again, as if through new eyes. You might have even heard something like that before. I typed to view again into Google real quick and found this famous quote, and it goes something like this, quote, the real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new lands, but in seeing with new eyes, end quote. This quote by a sickly Frenchman named Marcel Proust is saying the real voyage in discovery is in the review. But as a historian and a journalist, I can't just rely on a cursory Google search to give me a quick answer. You rely on me for a deeper dive. So I went to page two of Google and found the actual extended quote on another website, which I think gives even more insight into the nature of reviews. This quote is, and I quote, the only true voyage, the only bath in the fountain of youth would not be to visit strange lands, but to possess other eyes, to see the universe through the eyes of another, of a hundred others, to see the hundred universes that each of them sees, that each of them is. And this we do with great artists. With artists like these, we really do fly from star to star." End quote. Now, isn't that interesting? Star to star. It's as if Dr. Proust was intimately aware of the future of the reviewscape, that it's not simply in reviewing with words, but attaching a star to a star. Rather discerning, don't you think? 
But maybe you think it's a coincidence. Did this bedridden nobleman really know the future importance of the review? Well, why not let history decide for you? This is an excerpt from an article The Guardian published called Marcel Proust Paid for Reviews Praising His Work to Go Into Newspapers. It seems that, and I quote, Proust paid for glowing reviews of the first volume of his Remembrance of Things Past to be put into newspapers, letters by the author reveal, end quote. And now, over a century later, that first volume is considered, and this is from the Wikipedia, quote, the most respected novel of the 20th century, end quote. Why? All because this Proust knew the value of the review. 960 francs to be exact, nearly 3,000 pounds in today's currency. That's how much he paid for good reviews, and it seems the investment was well worth it. That book, by the way, Remembrance of Things Past? What are things past? Past things are history. So is it any coincidence the author of Remembrance of History realized the value of the newspaper to get reviews? Papers read rather periodically, fans. See what I mean? This is all connected, folks. Leave a review and don't click away. But maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves. Maybe you think, well, that's ancient history. That maybe despite reviews deciding the preeminent novel of our times, somehow that's become outdated. What does the modern day have to say about the importance of the review? Well, how about a tweet from just a few months ago on January 21st, 2021 by the best-selling author, Pulitzer Prize winning critic, and therefore historian, Jerry Saltz. I quote, A good critic always puts more into writing about artwork than the artist put into making it. The artist only creates. The critic must plumb that creation and also write creatively enough to deliver the full volume of the art while also creating a thing of beauty and clarity itself. End quote. I think it's clear. The world's opinion has not changed. The job of a reviewer is not only to understand the initial material, but to take a fresh approach in interpreting it for others' sakes. A review, and therefore reviewer, is often more important than the original work, or the artist themselves, because a reviewer is able to translate to the audience the meaning of the work, which is often too subtle or confusing to understand on first watch, or first view. So what's the solution? A review. So, we've established the review as a staple of both the history and the present. But how did it come to be this way? Let's turn once again to Wikipedia, which by the way, if you're not familiar, this is a source I'll be using a lot. So, according to Wikipedia, Wikipedia is, and I quote, the largest general reference work on the internet and one of the 15 most popular websites, end quote. So basically, it's a great resource for any kind of history you'll need. For reviews history, for instance, we'll want to make sure we're on the same page to make sure our definitions and expectations are not ambiguous. So that page is going to be review disambiguation. There are a lot of different types of reviews listed here, so we'll want to make sure we don't look at the wrong ones. For instance, we're not talking about review the Bulgarian new wave band. But it's on this page that I think Wikipedia gives us the best glimpse and insight into reviews so far, something that I think may change the way you think of this very podcast. A, quote, review is an evaluation of a publication, product, service, company, or other object or idea. 
an article about or a compilation of reviews may itself be called a review. End quote. So this whole time, this podcast, which if nothing else is a compilation of reviews, is not just a podcast, but an even greater review itself. Before the name change, it could even have been more accurately called Podcast Reviews Reviews Review, if only I had known better back then. But now, I think that as you listen to this review, there is no better review for Reviews in Review Part 2 than the podcast formerly alternatively known as Podcast Reviews Reviews Review. So, which reviews should we focus on reviewing? There are slews of reviews, film reviews, music reviews, fleet reviews, but I'm worried the episode is already getting exceptionally lengthy, so let's just stick to one for now. If we chart high enough this week, maybe we can make an addendum episode, but uh, right now I just want to focus on the most unambiguously compelling review, which some would call the proto-podcast review, the book review. After all, audiobooks are basically podcasts, as anyone would tell you and as everyone knows. So at the risk of getting too in the weeds with details, there's a lot of stuff here that doesn't matter and kind of sullies the main review information. I'll just try to ignore that the best I can. Let's travel back in time, about 1,200 years, to the culture capital of the world, Constantinople, Turkey. Now, before we go any further forward into history, I'm guessing this is about the midway point or so of this episode, which is where I usually would include your reviews. Unfortunately, you have left no reviews this week, which is extremely unfortunate. But hopefully now that the first half of this episode has convinced you of the importance of the review, you can go ahead and leave a review right now. We did, however, get a voicemail from one of our listeners, so I'll play that presently while I go grab some water. Well, hello there, Mr. PRRP. I am Road Rage Randy, and I was hoping you could figure out the history of history. Thank you. You can always leave a voicemail at anchor.fm slash reviews pod, but it does not count as a review, so we're not beholden to abide by your advice. The history of history does sound really interesting, um, so we could possibly make that the very next topic after this series, but if anyone leaves a review, that topic will supersede this voicemail. So if you don't want to hear the history of history, leave your review for this review of a podcast, this review of a podcast. You know what I mean? It's a review, not a podcast, but it's also a podcast. Okay. Let's go back to the old times, to the year 800. So here we are again at the cultural capital Constantinople, a veritable 3C in its own right, so you know it's important. Let's set the scene. It's about 800 or so, maybe 820. Mathematicians aren't quite sure, and it just gets in the way of what we're talking about, so we can safely put that aside. But what we do know is maybe there's a war or two going on. It's probably sunny outside, but that's all irrelevant because somewhere, not sure where exactly or how, a kid is born. One that will change history and the news as we know it. A kid named Photios I, the person who will grow up to become the inventor of the review. 
namely the book review. Now, we don't know much about Photios 1 because most of the primary sources writing about his life are, for whatever reason, quote, written by persons hostile to him, end quote. But what we do know is that he was someone far ahead of his time, which is to say the past. In fact, while doing this arduous research, I began to feel a sort of kinship with Photios 1. But I'll get to that in a bit. First, why not ask Wikipedia what it knows? Quote, Photios is one of the most famous figures not only of the 9th century Byzantium, but of the entire history of the Byzantine Empire. One of the most learned men of his age, and revered even by some of his opponents and detractors as the most prolific theologian of his time, he has earned his fame due to his part in ecclesiastical conflicts, and also for his intellect and literary works. End quote. Is that not enough? How about that, quote, Photios is widely regarded as the most powerful and influential church leader of Constantinople, end quote, and is, quote, viewed as the most important intellectual of his time, the leading light of the 9th century Renaissance, end quote. In fact, this man was so brilliant, he's been canonized as a saint by both the Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox churches. Every church likes this guy. What an absolute no-brainer for a beacon of godliness. So what does someone so ahead of the curve, so wise and powerful, so demonstrably infallible, do with his vast reserves of knowledge? Well, simply make an entire new art form. Arguably the best one. Quote, The most important of the works of Photios is his renowned Bibliotheca. End quote. Bibliotheca. From the Greek meaning 10,000 books, or the Spanish meaning library, this guy basically wrote the very first library book, and it was a collection of reviews of books he'd read. 279 in total, to be precise. He wrote more reviews in one book than I've gotten on this entire podcast. Talk about humiliating. But what's even more horrifying than that, and I quote, Almost half the books mentioned no longer survive, end quote. Picture this. You write a book to end all books, or at least review all books, and then, not even 1,200 years later, half of those reviews point to nothing. Can you imagine? Think about it. What if, in 1,200 years from now, half of all podcast reviews linked to a dead RSS feed? It would be pure pandemonium. No one would know which podcasts were good. Any hope of charting would be lost completely. It's terrifying to even consider. But that future's a real possibility. Let's just hope we never have to face it. Either way, going back in time a little, scholars all admit that this intellectual prodigy had the right ideas. And I'm no different. Truth be told, the more I learned about Photios 1, the more I realized I had stumbled upon someone very special. I have to admit, I found him to be quite the kindred spirit. At first, I thought maybe we just had similar values regarding the review, persons hostile to us, etc. But what really struck me was simply how similar Photios 1's life was to my own. Let me just list off some facts for you so you know what I mean. Quote, Photios says that when he was young, he had an inclination for the monastic life, but instead he started a secular career. End quote. Isn't that a shocking parallel? He decided not to be a monk and instead went into a reviewing career like me? 
If podcasting had been around, you can bet he would have gone into that field instead, or at least invented it. And how about this quote? Quote, Photios was a well-educated man from a noble Constantinopolitan family. Photios's great uncle was a previous patriarch of Constantinople, end quote. Now, obviously, I don't live in Constantinople, but the facts remain all the same. In a lot of ways, this guy is my spiritual successor. You might even call me Photios Jr. And it got me wondering, is it possible this Photios is my great-great-great-great-uncle? Maybe a penchant for reviewing is genetic. It's hard to say with certainty. Either way, it's something to consider. Let me know what you think in a review. Now, while the inventor of the review's importance cannot be understated, surely the review itself has taken on a life of its own in the intervening decades, evolving and iterating into all sorts of exciting new avenues. So at the risk of making this episode both too short for history fans and too long for news fans, I'll just cover one more topic on the history of the review that I think will wrap up the review section of this series rather nicely. Let's flash forward from Pontius I a bit, almost 1,000 years or one millennium later, to the beautiful land of 1890. This is about 20 years before one asthmatic author was writing furious letters to newspapers for editing out a reference to him as, quote, the eminent Marcel Proust, end quote. Which I totally understand, by the way, newspaper editing being a kind of sore subject for me as well recently. My editor letters given a similarly destructive treatment on previous episodes. But, but, but across the channel from Proust, an English pioneer of investigative journalism, one W.T. Stead, or as I call him, White Stead, was fed up with the state of modern news and decided to create his own paper. And I don't blame him one bit. A brief sidebar, luckily for you, unlike newspapers, history is allowed to kind of editorialize, so I can recount these records in such a way as to make it more palatable to listen to for you. You probably noticed this with all the colorful descriptions around Podios One's life, but I thought I'd come out and just say it outright, especially because of all this talk of the news, which it just strikes a little bit of a nerve for me. So anyway, the name of Whitestead's new paper? It's probably the most prominent non-podcast example of, and precursor to, PRRP itself. The ROR, or Review of Reviews. And again, editorializing a little bit, but a lot of reviewers seem to also have dabbled in journalism, which, myself included, obviously, it just there must be something in reviews that make the news just kind of fall into place. So if you haven't heard of Whitestead, I don't blame you either. I too try not to learn too much about the past if I can help it. But he was another very important historical figure who just so happened to have a knack for the review. Noticing a pattern here yet? For example, all the newspapers I've been reading up until now, he's the reason they look the way they do. From the Wikipedia, as always. Quote, He introduced crossheads, section titles, and signed articles, popularized interviews, and started illustrations and indexing. End quote. But not only was he a professional maverick, Whitestead was on the cusp of many social causes. Amongst them, quote, he was the first editor to employ female journalists, end quote, and, quote, pay women equally with men, end quote. He was also, to top it all off, a writer, of course. Quote, his essay, How the Mail Steamer Went Down in Mid-Atlantic, 1886, is considered his first prediction of the sinking of the RMS Titanic. His novel, From the Old World to the New, 1892, was the second prediction. End quote. 
Remember this bit in particular, please. So again, we have a talented, progressive character at the forefront of his times, and on the forefront of his mind, The Review. Now, the namesake of his new newspaper, The Review of Reviews, is that of the definition of this very podcast. That is to say, a collection of reviews. The paper collated and contained dozens of magazine and book reviews each issue, along with other sundries. And how did the world react to such a wild concept? Well, it found a global audience immediately. Quote, The first issue was an instant success, and opened with numerous facsimiled welcome messages which Stead had courted from various dignitaries of the time. End quote. Not only was the review well received, this news review was historically important worldwide. News, review, history, together, all at once, yet again. But maybe you're thinking, so what? It's objectively good, groundbreaking, and interesting. I'll give you that. But how much can a review really change the world? How about the design of your national flag? From the article and review of reviews itself, published October 1900, quote, Designs for a Federal Flag, a competition open to all Australasia, a prize of 50 pounds to be offered. The coming Australian Commonwealth will need a flag, and many efforts are already being made to evolve a graceful characteristic and effective national symbol, a flag that shall at once express kinship with the empire and yet be characteristic of the new and great political entity which has come into existence. Designs must be sent in not later than February 1, 1901, and the award will, if possible, be published in the February number of the Review of Reviews. End quote. The flag competition was an unmitigated success, so much so that the very next year, the government followed suit and used the entries from this competition to select the design that you know and love today. And all of this from a review. Can there even be any more doubt to a review's impact on history and the news? Much like Pontius one quote, following his death, Stead was widely hailed as the greatest newspaperman of his age. End quote. But also like Pontios, and Proust for that matter, I think he had a special gift of forward thinking. Do you remember the two books he wrote that I told you to remember? Quote, Stead died in the sinking of the RMS Titanic. End quote. He reviewed his own death twice before it even happened. Reviews are the future. So that's how I see it. Whitestead died in 1912, around the same time that the remembrance of history was being continuously rejected by publishers. Is it possible that news of his death, perhaps in the review of reviews itself, made its way to France? And if so, did the ROR inform Proust's worldview to the extent that he finally decided to incorporate the review as a means to bolster his sales and thus his success? Is it not possible that the review of reviews is perhaps then the foundation for the greatest 20th century novel? I don't see why not. The Reviewer, from Pontios to WT to, dare I say, me, Kenneth, always seems to be ahead of the times, if not seemingly prescient. 
Reviewers are the thought leaders of the future, the ubermensch in a sea of unterfisch. Reviewers, and more importantly, reviews, have shaped the very world as we know it. That much can no longer be denied. So leave a review, you world changer, so we can get back on the charts again. We weren't on them again last week, and we really got to get back on there. So leave a review and make your words historical records. But words aren't all that encompass a review. The modern review is more bell than whistle. You can no longer just write a review and call it a day. Without an agreed-upon metric, it would be unparsable and essentially meaningless. That's where stars come in. But why stars? How did that pointy, shiny system come about? What even are stars, anyway? All this and more next time on Past Records Recounted Plainly. See you next week.